Welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this week we started a new K drama. Um, we started while you were sleeping. And if y'all are on the same page of just starting this drama, it's so, so good. It is so, so good. Uh,. We are back to watching four episodes per podcast, so I feel like we have so much to talk about, because we watched yes. episodes one through four, and I'd, part of me, partway through the first two episodes, was like, should we do two episodes? But I mean, we watched the first episode together, and I was kind of like, should we just do one at a time? Because that first episode was bananas. Episode one was an emotional roller coaster that I did not know was gonna happen. Yeah, I didn't know who I was by the end of that one. <laughs> um, we watched it with a friend, and I'm pretty sure he's just gonna watch the rest of it as his first ever K drama, because I can't imagine how you would not be hooked on that episode. Right? He was so in it with us, and it was actually really, really funny because by the, like, halfway through that first episode, we all three were yelling at the screen at the same time. <laughs> oh, how could you not? Was was everybody not doing that? Was that not a worldwide phenomena that happened? Um, I feel like probably, uh the world heard our screams and were like, yeah, <laughs> welcome to the party. We all Watch screamed already. <laughs> oh, we're finally getting to it. Um, I just want to say right off the bat that Jung Jae Chan is the male lead, but he's played by Lee Jong Suk. And I've, I'm, a, I'm a big, big fan of Lee Jong Suk. So I'm sorry if I often confuse the character and actor's names, because I might just do that. That's fair. For some reason, I've actually had possibly an exceptionally hard time, uh, like, remembering everyone by name in this one. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know either. I guess it's because, like, early on, I came up with a nickname for everyone, and then I remembered I needed to write their names down. Um <laughs> So I kind of, I dropped the ball on that one for sure, uh, because obviously, like, I gave, or, like, I wrote the names down for the male lead, Jae Chong, and um, the female lead, Hong Ju, early on, but everyone else just kind of crumbled down into nicknames really fast. Probably you'll know who I'm talking about with all of the nicknames, but uh, M, shout it yeah. out if you hear one that I did not clarify. <laughs> and, okay. and I'll try and clarify who that is. Okay, I want to hear him. Just read him a list. Okay, so um, <clears throat> I'll get this one out of the way because when I edit, I'm going to have to go back and bleep this out to keep this like, like, or I could mark it explicit. We never, to this day, have decided where we're going with this whole podcast and how explicit we're willing to make <laughs> it. But anyway, uh, Lee Yu Byung, uh, who is the mm. the villain, the attorney villain, uh, yeah. he is just real mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really good. Uh, the RMF over here, and then okay. um, I have. Lil Bro. I wrote down Lil Bro, and that's okay, that's Siang Wong, yeah. And then Murderous, which I don't know if you know who that is, Murderous. Murderous. I don't know who that is. That's So Hyun, who is the Lil Bro's, Lil Bro's girlfriend. Oh, Piano Girl? Yeah, Piano Girl. Yes. Ah, uh, Murderous is good. I forgot she was going to murder someone and didn't. Yeah. So I was, I was racking my brain. Early on, she decided she's gonna go do a crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so from there, she became murderous. Oh, and obviously Batman. 
Batman. Yes, we both agree on that. Either Batman <laughs> or Policeman. I go back and forth. Yeah, I mostly stick with Batman, especially I'm going to save it. Uh, never mind. I'm going to save that until we get to the part. No, I know what part you're talking about. Because <laughs> oh. you know that's my favorite part of any of these episodes. All of them. They've already peaked. Um, <laughs> and the more that they come back to that, the better this gay drama is going to be. I feel like we just... I, I, already ruined it and i feel like we should just say it now because i'll probably just forget when we're talking about it and people will be like what was their favorite scene it's when we find out that he has a corgi and it's named robin yes and then i cried a little i didn't that's one of here's one of the times when i joke about <laughs> crying uh i didn't actually cry but part of me broke in a good way in that way where like you know you'll never be the same but you're okay with it <laughs> Because that little fat you corgi. You didn't know you could be this happy. I didn't know I could be find this happy. The the policeman loves Batman and wears Batman clothes all the time and he named his corgi Robin. His fat little baby corgi. Oh my gosh. That little chub. Uh, corgis are my favorite dog and all I want someday is four corgis as my children. Four, four children corgis. Poor children corgis. We've already named them. It's fine. It's a thing. It's probably the most beautiful thing because Jason supports that dream. And I'm going to be <laughs> the aunt to four beautiful corgis. Yes. Um, okay. Do you have any other nicknames? We'll finish the list. Um, I think that's everyone for right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we're good. Someone might okay. come up later. Yeah, there's like... The mom and the dad that are of Piano Girl. I wrote yeah. the dad's name. Oh, June Mo. Oh, yeah, because it says it, like, a lot. Yeah. Because... They just say his name a lot. Everything... The K-drama is actually about him, and all of these people <laughs> are just side characters. He's the main character, and after episode four, we're just done. Which, actually, it felt a little bit like we could be done after episode four. Oh, my four. gosh. I was going to say that. I was going to say, this is why, if anybody's wondering why I sometimes stop K-dramas after, like, four or five episodes, this is why. Because that, that was the end to the show. We're yeah, done. If I'd never it. watched this K-drama again, and Raquel asked me, like, in a year or five years, did you, like, while you were sleeping, I'd be like, yeah, it was about dreams, and they, like, solve a crime, and then they got together, and they kissed under the cherry blossoms, and it was a really cute ending. The end. The yeah. end. They finished it. it. And it's interesting, because I actually do feel like this K-drama is moving super fast, and I'm wondering if they're gonna reel it back, or just let them be in an actual relationship for most of the K-drama. Um... Just because... They seem to be reeling it back with that stupid last line where he's like, I'm scared to be in love. And you're like, oh, really? That's what we're going with? That's what you're going to do? I'm scared to be in love, and that's how we're going to break up this relationship? That's dumb. Oh, great. Well, that's fine, because I actually... Um, I have a favorite in this little love triangle <laughs> between Batman and Jay yeah. Chan and Hongju. And that favorite is Batman 100%. It is 100% Batman. I don't know if you're supposed to be so on his team, but I'm so glad you are too. Yeah. Because you know I loved Lee Jong-suk. You love him so much, but... He can be in with anyone. Like, he could be with the lady prosecutor, and I'd be like, oh, cute. Like, good for you, bro. Yeah, you made it. But Batman, and like, obviously, they dropped in a little, like baby plot line where there's a cop that has a crush on him but Batman deserves all the happiness in the world and I just want them to love each other Hongju's just really sweet about it too like he looks for her at the restaurant or I got that all mixed up he is very sweet about Hongju is that what I said yes. okay no shoot um, what you meant. <laughs> yeah that's what I meant he is very sweet about Hongju and, yes. and, he, and like, they're both like on the same wavelength of being very kind of emotionally forward and like happy-go-lucky and really cute people. Yeah. Oh, they're so sweet. She'd love his dog. Oh, they just mesh together. I know that opposites attract and we all can see who the 
male and female lead are and that they're going to end up together. But I'm rooting for Batman. I am too. I just want him to be happy. And if that happiness involves breaking the heart of a prosecutor, a beautiful prosecutor, (laughs) then that's fine, right? It's okay. I mean, he really, he seems to like Hongju, and I know this isn't where the story's going, but it could also be a love triangle where they both like Jae-chan. I'd be okay with it. Yeah, for once I'm a little bit like, hey, that's a thing, right? They'd be cute together. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay, Jae-chan and Batman. You'd be like a little crime crime solving unit. Yeah, like you it's you find the bad guy and you'd prosecute him. Adorable. So beautiful. And you'd be in love. Let's start writing. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just start writing K dramas, but every K drama will devolve into like people will think they know where it's going. People will be like, it's gonna be a romance because it's a K drama and these two girls they love romance. But what will always happen every single time? is the male leads will become crime fighters and the female leads would all become best friends who are very successful in their field of choice. (laughs) Always. We just want good relationships. We don't necessarily need romance. We just want good, healthy relationships. I don't know, this... Now that I'm saying it, it sounds like we don't have enough of those in our lives. And I just want to point out we do. I I was actually just going to say we want every relationship to be like our relationship, where we're a little bit low-key obsessed with each other. But also we have other things going on. Emily lives in Japan. I (laughs) wake up every morning and go to my job. I thought you were going to just keep your... Keep your location secret. I was like, it's already on our website. Yeah, like, Raquel's <laughs> the only one who's still based out of Utah. <laughs> but you're like, not going to tell anybody. I live in the States. I live somewhere. in the United States. Find me. None of you will ever know. <laughs> <laughs> we already posted it. Our bad. They already know you're in Utah. I'm pretty sure we've even said the city before. I, it. I live in St. George, Utah. It's in the desert. It's hot. <laughs> it's hot as heck. It is hot And as I heck. live in Hokkaido, Japan, where it is cold as heck. And V-windy. <laughs> so, so windy. Every day. Um, I don't know why we started on that. Oh, yeah, because relationships. We just want this to devolve into a real good relationship drama. So even if Batman and Jay-chan don't date... If they could just be best best friends, I'm cool with it. Or in love, but or best friends. Either I'll either. take either. Not and, picky. Um, See, I like Hangju. She could be the third dragon, or she could lead a whole nother life. I'm honestly okay with either. She's not that special to me yet. Yeah, I like her a lot, and I do want to say, oh, what's that sliding into fashion corner out of nowhere? <laughs> Can't stop the roller coaster once it starts. Um, (laughs) Everything she wears, I am here for. Oh my god, she's got the fashion. Yep. I think I've said this before, and I mean it every time I say it, of course. I would wear everything she wears. (laughs) And this is the first time... Like I said, I know I've said this before. This is the first time I would wear everything that the female lead wears. She's got such a good closet. Yep. Oh, I'm so sad. I just want her closet. Yes. Does everyone in Korea feel this sadness times like a hundred because the K-drama stars are real and they're around you? Where I can pretend like they're just not real people. Yeah. They're just... Dolls. And I live in Utah where for a solid uh, four years, a type of fashion was wearing short sleeve cap shirts, like cap sleeve shirts, underneath mm. spaghetti strap tank tops. And people mm. just did that. Okay, but like, to be fair, I feel like I've seen that on K-dramas, and they look gorgeous. They did. They look cute. It doesn't look boxy and weird. It doesn't look stupid like it does in Utah. There's no describing. Because I feel like in Utah, it's like a Hanes 
cap sleeve t-shirt that's like one dollar and comes in a pack of five yeah and it like like a ten dollar dress that you're like the dress wasn't that special to begin with why are you dressing it down even more yep uh fun fact though i i don't know and maybe maybe it goes the same way because koreans are remarkably modest people Mm -hmm. like i don't see a whole lot of koreans showing shoulders um, but in Utah, it's legitimately a thing where, like, shoulders aren't super kosher, so you gotta cover them up. Yeah, shoulders are of the devil. <laughs> so, if you could just keep that so, under wraps. Could you please stop showing us your shoulders? And so maybe, to me, it's, like, the mentality behind it as well, because I've never heard a Korean in a K-drum would be like, oh, I couldn't show my, I couldn't possibly show my shoulders. Yeah, they just look heckin' cute with their, like, cute tops under their cute dresses. Yep. Yeah. That's different. That's different than being like, this is for Jesus, and (laughs) no one can see what I look like. Only Jesus can know what my shoulders look like. (laughs) It's a different vibe, it's a different style, and she looks gorgeous, and I just, I want it in my life. I don't know. I've stalled, I've stalled up, because now I'm feeling a little bad for judging Mormons when I'm trying, uh, like, I want to keep this, like, an open space. I definitely, uh, did not mean it, like, it's all in good fun, right, guys? Yes, yes. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, yeah, it is. Like, we we grew up in Utah. Yeah. It's fine. We love Mormons. But don't you dare make jokes about Mormons if you didn't. Yeah. Only we can, because they're family. <laughs> yeah. Grew up with them. Literally. You know what they're like. Literally their family. <laughs> Look at the genealogy. Yep. We're all family in Utah. <laughs> it's fine. It's cool. So we can make fun of family. Yep. See, now I'm sad because I recently moved to Japan and only brought like five tops and like five bottoms. And now I have no clothes. And literally every day, somehow on K-dramas, they have a new duster. And I'm like, that's got to be like a 10 pound coat. And you've got like seven of them? So many. I have one. I have one very nice coat I got for Christmas this year, and I can't even wear it because I live in the desert. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to have one, though? Like, even if you live in Korea, wouldn't you be like, I, I bought this $300 coat. This is what I'm wearing every day for the next 10 years. Like, this is my one coat. I saved up to buy this. I saved, I saved up- like five or six paychecks. To buy this one beautiful coat, and instead they're like, every new every episode, there's a new coat in every K-drama. And I don't get it. I don't get the budgeting behind it. Me neither. How can I live that life? And, like, in other K-dramas, I've been able to justify it in my mind. Like, oh, they're a wealthy person. Like, in Goblin, I was like, oh, he's incredibly yeah. wealthy. Of course he has one million nice coats. Of course yes. he has enough coats to dress an army very well. Like, and we talked about um, how we didn't like that Homegirl was a wee babe, but they, they did a really good job of being like, yeah, it's creepy that she wears her schoolgirl uniform all the time, but she's in school, so she doesn't own clothes. And then when she gets her mom's inheritance, she dresses it up. Yeah, she gets herself, like, six nice coats. Yeah, it's a very natural progression. But we still don't know what Hongju does. No. Well, sort of. She, like, works in her mom's restaurant and follows the guy she has a crush on around all day. (laughs) But she gave him a business card at some point and was like, I'm taking a break from work right now. But I'll, I'll go back soon. Didn't even think about that. I was just like, she's a stalker by day. And a waitress by night. Yeah, I thought she just worked in the restaurant, too, until she had that business card. But I didn't read the business card. I could have just paused the show and been like, what does this say? If anybody else did, let us know. But we're probably just going to blast through this K-drama because it's so good. Yep, going to wait for that big reveal. Going to wait for it. And if the big reveal was supposed to be 
through reading the card and then <laughs> gonna wait for the second big reveal. <laughs> they have to spell it out for the plebs. My guess, I'm just gonna put it out there because I know it's wrong, private detective. I feel like that's the dream team. Oh, a police, a private detective, that- and a prosecutor. Oh my god, and then she could be the one who, like, doesn't play by the yes. rules. She's the weird yes, girl. Yes, because she has the dreams, so she's like, I solve crimes based on my dreams, not based on actual police work or detective work. Yeah, and everyone else has to be like, no, no, we have laws we have to go by, and she's like, uh-uh, I'm, I'm out of my mind, which she is. I think she is legitimately out of her mind in a very sweet way. But also in a little bit, like in a she wants to wear your skin suit kind of way. Yes, a little bit. I don't think they explored her character quite as much as they could have in these first few episodes. She's, uh, she's a lot. She doesn't feel super well established, and so when the, when Batman and Jaytron are having a weird second dinner in a convenience store and she shows up outside the window. It's unnerving. It's (laughs) not necessarily like the cutest thing. And there's there's that part where she approaches Jaytron at the subway station and, and he's like don't worry about all these dreams that you're having if you can't prevent them and if you can't save lives you're just gonna like be terrified all the time and feel guilty that you let someone die something that you couldn't prevent from happening and you I feel like that was supposed to be an insight moment of like she's been going crazy of all these people that tragic things are happening and she can't stop them she just sees it in her dreams and she's tried to stop them and she's never been able to but instead of like following that thread and playing it out as like she's a little bit broken inside from all this trauma it's just like no she's just a little quirky and weird like they play it off as she's really cute and it doesn't quite fit yeah i feel like maybe they tried to make her some kind of comic relief um the way that occasionally he has moments where he's the comic relief for example when he bluffs real hard when he's like, yeah, I'm gonna indict that mofo. And, uh, RMF. (laughs) Um, and he, uh, he goes back and is, like, it's super serious, like, oh, we're gonna get indicted. And then you see Jaychan, who is having a heart attack, because he just bluffed his heart out. It, like, his heart is on the ground now because he bluffed so hard, it burst from him. Yes, and then that whole day he goes through just, like, so confident because he has the lottery numbers. And then she tells him that they were fake. And when she tells him, he falls apart. And it, yeah, it's and good. I love It's that. so funny. It's good comedy. I really feel for him. I really relate to him in those moments. Whereas, like... They try and make her comic relief, but it comes off as, um, yeah, a little, a little bit too topsy turvy for yeah. me. Like she's a wild card. Like she's gonna snap. <laughs> Definitely, a little bit skin suit ish, like you were saying. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I and they've given him so many flashback scenes with like his dad and his growing up that you feel like you kind of understand him pretty well yeah like you understand his motivations for like wanting to just like do well at his job and wanting to kind of fly under the radar from authority figures and not like have expectations weighing him down and which is cool and i really appreciate it and then on the other side is wutak the batman police who you don't know anything about but you just really like him like he seems okay even though (laughs) you know nothing about him yeah his motivations as a person seem to be first figuring out what's going on with him and second like being a yeah, being a good police. He's pretty go with the flow and so far, and he doesn't require backstory. But the- whereas for her, yeah, you she's been doing this her whole life, so she's been dealing with this. And the only flashback they give you of her dealing with it as a kid is like this heartbreaking, 
horrific scene where she essentially is there when her father is killed in an exploding bus. And that's all you know. And that's all you know. By the way, quick input right here, nominating her father for the Happy Award. Yeah. Oh, but that's... See, then you find out that Jay Chan's dad also died from the same soldier, and he was like, hey, son, will you go home and grab my cell phone so he could save his boy? Oh, and then I was like, do we need to start a new award system? Because I don't know if we can nominate them both for the Happy Award, because I don't want to choose between them. The episode where it shows the flashbacks of Jay Chan's dad being dad of the year oh that broke my heart same those were so good they were so good at one point i wrote down oh boy jay chong is not popular in his own family and then i realized what was going on and i was like jk jk his dad is the most beautiful yes Oh, and I was like, do we need to start a new category for, like, dad of the year, but then both of them can't compete for that, and then everyone would be entered into that? Like, all the moms would need an award, because the moms in K-drama are the best, and the dads would need an award, because all the dads are the best. Maybe we nominate them both, and, uh... And we see how it goes. We see what the people we'll say. We'll just put them in the happy award, and the people can choose. Yep, we'll put it as a as the end of this. And, of course, like, there's going to be Bus Stop Girl Awards. Um, right now, the only Bus Stop Girl I can think of is um, Investigator Choi, mm-hmm. who did some real good investigations. Oh my gosh, he impressed. He impressed. And then at the end, after he's, uh, man, I hope our listeners watch the episodes because we are all over <laughs> the place with this one. Um, after he does his really good questioning of the guy they ultimately indict for domestic abuse, he is in a conversation with RMF and he says, what does he say? Oh, he says, this isn't about like who's my friend. And it's not about our history together, because they were pretty good friends. He was he was somehow friends with the RMF. Oh, he was the investigator um, when RMF was a prosecutor. Yes, that. And so they're, they're close. close. They're, they're buddies. They're bros. Like, it doesn't matter that we're buddies. This is work. And you should know that. Like, it's always been that way. Oh. And it, if you're not doing it this way, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah, I think the... RMF was like, well, you just changed. And he was like, if you think I've changed, then maybe you've changed. And you're like, just yep. drop that mic. Oh. Boom. Oh, that's so good. And now we've got ourselves a philosopher on our hands. That was, oh. Uh, and then they veer it towards the comedy. They gotta give Jay Chan a little comedic scene where he's like, Investigator, I just want to thank you for your good, good work, and I just want to say, even though you've been tardy and texting at work, I forgive you, like, right in front of the chief or the lead prosecutor. He puts him on blast for being, like, an alcoholic, yes! and... Oh, I, I love it because that scene where they go to dinner and everyone prays for Jay chan to clean up his act is so uncomfortable and so, so cringy. Bad. So the fact that they turned it around and he's like, you know, we're not going to be friends. I'm not going to like any of you, but I can use your judginess to my will. I'm like, oh, that's good. Good for you, J-Chop. Turnabout is fair yes, play. I would not have thought of that. So good. I mean... He's better at his job than I yes. thought. And I'm proud of him. I think... It's really hard to watch shows where main characters are incompetent and dumb. It is. It's so cringy, and it also gives me anxiety because don't we all want to be the the guy in the <laughs> workplace that just knows what they're doing yes. and 
they seem so competent and so put together. And then you're watching this main character who you want to relate to, but also you're like, I can't want to relate to you right now because you're a mess. You're taking selfies outside of your office, and later it's real cute when we find out you're putting them up in picture frames in your father's, um, well, is there a word for those? I don't know the word. Little box. Memory box. Little memory box that you use as, like, a... I'm assuming it's the same thing as, like, going to visit a grave. But yeah, instead yeah, yeah. you visit a... Which I think is really beautiful. Like, that's lovely. Anyway. You um, find out the pictures are for you, that, and you cry a little bit. Yeah, there's just one of those little stoic yeah, tears. Yeah, a little stoic tear falls down your a beautiful face. <laughs> oh, that was, that was a good moment. And you, it's... It all comes together that he's a good prosecutor and a good man and a good son. It just took some convincing to get him there. It, it took his brother's disappointment <laughs> to get him there. And maybe in four more episodes we'll find anything out about Hongju. And then we'll think she's great and not a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. And then four more episodes will be about Wu-Tak, the policeman. And... Then it'll be the last and those four. And those will be the best. Those will be the best. The last four will be about Robin the dog. <laughs> Just watch his spin-off series. <laughs> I would watch that forever. Robin the dog. You're, you're too good for this world. But also never leave this world. Never. We need you. We need you, Robin. It's not worth it without you. Batman and Robin. Sorry we didn't go scene by scene. I wrote so many notes. Now I feel like they're so useless. Because we can't start now. I know. I did the same thing. I, I actually very meticulously until the final episode, which I watched moments before we started <laughs> recording, um, I wrote these really meticulous notes. But I think it's kind of a theme with our first episode of every K-drama, isn't it? We get too excited. We get a little bit stoked on the new K-drama. We fall apart. We can't go scene by scene. We have to talk about all of our feelings. <laughs> And then we compose ourselves for the set, or yeah, the second set of mm-hmm. four. So sorry if it's a mess, but I'm sure I don't know. I feel like everyone has to feel the same way as us. Like it's just a lot of information, a lot of introductions, and you just want to talk about it all, but not in order. You can't. It's never been more important that you watch the episodes before you listen to the podcast because at this point we're so out of order that we don't even fully reference anything we just say that one scene where and you gotta know and then and there's no backing it's not like oh and so-and-so has feelings for so-and-so no none of that hardly use names we're we're just getting the hang of things it's all it's all riding the feeling train and I'm sure you guys are on it too, so it doesn't matter. But sorry, yeah. it's not in order. We, yeah. If there, uh, if there's like a scene we miss that we don't talk about that needed to be talked about, you gotta let us know. Mm-hmm. You gotta write it up in the comments. You gotta say, guys, you super super missed that part where they talk about the abuse of the murderess's mother and how it is the entirety of the four episodes and you didn't talk about it at all except in weird half references. Yeah, we didn't talk about the case at all. But I feel like that's a a part of why episode four felt like such an ending because it was the ending of that case. And I'm like, is this going to be like a crime show where they continually solve case by case? How are they going to play it? Because I feel like we're done, and it's cool, but we're done. Because we got what we wanted. I mean, I do feel like uh, RMF is going to cook up some BS for us to get stressed out over. But like I said, if they if I never watched this show again, even if it didn't end, and you asked me later, I'd be like, I think he got like arrested, at least fired, for like faking evidence. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, I think so, too. I'm pretty sure that's the most illegal. Yeah. That has to be, that can't be something they just brush off as just, like, the game of, <laughs> like, the the judicial branch game. 
think that's not how it no, works. No, he definitely, definitely committed some crimes, and he should go to jail. It's not like when you, uh, like steal a base in baseball or something and everyone's like oh good job you got away with it you did the mm-hmm. thing it's like no you go to prison for fabricating evidence and freaking perjuring yourself so like we're done right like that the antagonist is out of the picture now so i guess the new antagonist is jay chan being like i really like this girl but i don't trust myself to like her the new antagonist is the denial of feelings. And I really, I, I just don't care yet. I mean, I'm sure yeah. when I watch the episodes, I'll be really into it and it'll be super beautiful. I'm like, that's fine, Jay Chan. She has other options. Have you ever heard of Batman? Have you ever heard of Batman? He's saving your town and your women. And he's stealing your women. Stealing your girls. Batman. In your town, stealing your women. Steal your girl, Batman. Which is totally fair, because at the beginning of episode two, Jaytron crashes his car at 90 miles an hour into someone else's date, and then takes the woman, and it's just like, (laughs) she's mine now. What is the show? It's just like, Hongju dating three separate guys (laughs) at three separate times in her life, but what happens is they almost literally steal her from the last guy. Not that women are objects that can be stolen. But apparently they but a little bit are. Like Hungju specifically. He physically took her be. out of the car. And was like, are you okay? Be my girlfriend. It was there. And now a policeman entered the picture and he's like And he has dreams too, so come, come at, at me. me. He's gonna freaking physically steal her from somewhere else and be like be my girlfriend. And she's probably going to be like, I'm a two-dimensional character. So, sure. Yes, I will do that. I The only thing I have currently offered is support for Jaychan as he attempts to destroy some people. And uh, some dreams that I can't change. Yeah. I feel like now we're getting like super negative about Hongju. I didn't intend it, yeah. and I'm sorry. I'm gonna reel it back with saying that I do actually really like her relationship with the murderess. Yeah, that they're like sisters now, and her mom, obviously. Yeah, they've set up this new family unit where it's like, my two moms, uh, my sister, my, his the neighbor, <laughs> the, the neighbor's neighbor brother, and the, and the neighborhood cop. You're like, it's adorable. Listen, everyone, a family doesn't just have to be a mommy, a daddy, and two children. Sometimes a family is the whole freaking street <laughs> you live on, and also the cop that patrols it. That's all we wanted from this whole show, is a good relationship, and now we've got so many of them to work with. Hongju, you better not ruin this, because you're the only one that can. Yeah, you've got to keep the, you've got to keep the family together. I mean... I'm aware that they've kind of finished the storyline with Piano Girl because they're like, she's going to America now. And then her mom's like, and they set me up with a house for abuse victims and she's probably going to leave and it's going to fall apart very quickly. But also, you could keep most of them together if Hongju didn't start relationships with either Jaychan or Batman. Yep, so really... What this K-drama is, is a lesson in not dating your friends. Don't date your friends. Just keep them as family. Don't date your friends. Keep them as family. Date other people. Or just be single forever. Don't date. Yeah. That's our advice for the K-dramas. <laughs> it's a... I'm slowly going to uh, change all of our listeners. Change all of our listeners. I'm trying to convert all of our listeners into becoming me. Where... So here's my here's my game. Uh, you third wheel real hard on every single one of your friends' relationships. <laughs> it works. It works fine for me. I'm okay with it. it uh, I have been exceptionally happy with how it's worked out. Um, I just get to be everyone's kid and jump from household to household, being everyone's kid, and it's beautiful. It's really it's lovely. We're family. We're family. 
all of us. I mean, we will always have a spare bedroom kept ready for when Raquel comes. Whenever she decides that Hi, she Mom wants to move in with us, we're always ready. When, when you guys get a dog, I'll just show up, like, the day of. I'll just show up on your porch, and you guys will be like, oh my god, Raquel, how'd you get here? And I, I'm like, listen, I sensed something was happening. Where's the baby? I'm ready to move in. Ugh. Um, I don't know. I realized that I can't call Wutok Batman creeps me out too much because there was a guy that had a crush on me in high school that was real real creepy that i also called batman oh no we've destroyed the nickname we've invented and destroyed the nickname in one episode of podcast one episode oh i might still call them batman and robin obviously that's easy if he goes walking his dog or whatever they're gonna be batman and robin but Together. I mean, his name's pretty easy, so I'll just try his name. Wutok is not hard. That one's pretty good. Yeah. I'm still gonna refer to Eoboom. Nope, didn't pronounce that right. It's just so much easier to call him the RMF. Yeah, that's pretty easy. That, that's just his name to me, and uh, no one's gonna understand who that is if they don't listen to this episode. <laughs> I mean, I feel like also you might have to not bleep it out. Yeah, I might just have to mark this one as explicit. Hold on to your butts, everybody. <laughs> We're getting explicit. We're getting explicit, not anymore. Just that one, one part. Yeah, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the podcast. I have the worst potty mouth. And deciding, like, real low-key, just passively deciding how we did, that we weren't going to be huge, massive potty mouths on the show has been an exercise in restraint. <laughs> it's funny because Raquel curses a lot, and I don't curse at all. So it's like, yep, it's a, it's an interesting balance, and maybe we should just let it free and let everyone see the yin-yang that we can create. Yeah, our friendship is marvelous, and it, from the outside, is probably pretty weird, because I think... Maybe people would assume Emily is offended by swearing. I don't think you're not, not offended, are you? No. Yeah, you just don't want to. Like, it's not something you feel like doing, yeah. right? And so it's, yeah, from the outside looking in, it looks crazy <laughs> because I fly my colors and Emily Emily plays it closer to the vest. And uh, it's it's something to behold, certainly. Someday. We'll... Maybe the bonus episode will be just completely a, a train wreck of expletives, and you'll see how we work together. <laughs> how we really feel <laughs> beautiful. I'm sure that I'll become 1,000 times funnier, because it's just really funny to just say the F word, mm -hmm. right? That's just comedy, I mean, right? I always laugh. <laughs> it's fine. Maybe we'll do it the next time we start a K-drama, because I feel like these first episodes are the most emotional. Yeah, for sure we were talking about it uh, with my roommate when he was watching it with us, and he was asking us how we don't just record live, because we actually, our best jokes are when we're watching it live together, I've gotta yeah. say. Like, we really save our best material for when we're not on the mic, and... I was I I pretty much just said because all I would be saying is the f word over and over again <laughs> throughout about ninety percent of every episode, and then we were like, well, I guess we could just uh start doing yeah, that. Yeah, we should. If we do, we'll let you guys know. It will be marked expletive for sure. It'll be yep. like a bunch of expletives and then stunned silence while we just watch. Because we do that a lot, too. There's a lot of good jokes and then, and then a lot of silence. And then we'll make that noise that y'all are very familiar with by this point, which is us going... Oh. <laughs> just, like, audibly heavy heavy breathing. Just... Oh. That's how we feel. That's how they hit us. It's That's our best form of expression. That's all we've got. Um, so, yeah, that was while you were sleeping, and we're done, because that was the end of the show, right? 
feels good. Yep, we've digressed pretty far into talking about ourselves and not while you were sleeping, so... If anyone else also wants to just pretend it ended with a nice kiss that we were waiting for all freaking episode, and then they took away from us... It was all a dream. You know what? I... Okay, one last thing before we start wrapping up. They started the series with, and it was all a dream. Like, the whole first episode, Uh. pretty much, was a dream. So that's one thing. Like, the first part of the first episode, and then the whole first episode Mm -hmm. later, and you're just like, oh, okay. And I've heard in the past, like, ah, that's like some shifty writing, but I forgave it. I forgave it because this is about dreams. It's about sleeping in dreams and weird things that are happening because of Mm -hmm. it. But then, uh, that everything is becoming a dream. Like, now everything you can't that happens. anything, and it's just hard to watch. Yeah, it's making it tricky. So I feel like we're gonna wake up at the end of this K-drama, and it will have all been a dream. I'm a little mad. Because that was the dang cutest scene leading up to the end, where... She waits for him to get off work, and then they, like, pass each other on the bus, and then she's running around town trying to find him, and he's eventually running around town trying to find her, and eventually finds her, and is, like, walking along behind her, kind of laughing at her, looking through all the windows. I thought that was freaking adorable. And the fact that that whole sequence ended with a kiss was like, that makes sense to me. That's pretty cute. And I'm like, hmm. No, we're going to make this as uncomfortable as we can. Where she's like teetering like a sweet little tree in the wind on her stupid tiptoes, waiting for a kiss. And I'm dying. Oh, because he does not, he doesn't tell, he doesn't quickly say like, what are you doing? He gives it a solid 60 seconds. Yep. And it's a nightmare. (laughs) It's a nightmare. (laughs) I do not feel like this is the greatest show for people with severe social anxiety like myself, where I think about every single thing in my life and overanalyze it. Because at this point, I'm going to look back on everything I've done and every time I have like kissed a person and thought, oh god, d- what was going on with that? Why did I do that? Because... Yeah, because now it just seems like the weirdest thing. And she doesn't know that he decided not to kiss her because of the his own problems. Yeah. Like, but, okay, so here's the thing. He's the only one that she knows of that can change dreams, right? And I guess within reason, the yeah. cop. Um, so he he can change dreams. She cannot. She dreams about that kiss. And then it doesn't happen. I feel like she started to believe that she can change her dreams because she had a dream that he fell asleep on the bus and went to the last stop and got in trouble at work. So that's why she got on the bus and woke him up. Why do her superpowers work all of a sudden? I don't know. I think because he told her they could work. Like, maybe she's always run into lighter guy where she's like, um, my tactic is to tell you quit smoking instead of I had a dream that you exploded, so don't smoke tonight. Yeah, like smoke next week. Yeah. <laughs> and for the love of God, don't light a goddamn <laughs> cigarette at a gas station. You dumb, dumb. <laughs> so, holy, I holy, feel like if, if her dumb, tactic dumb. was always like, can I just have your cigarettes? Because you're going to die if you keep smoking from lung cancer. Then obviously she's never been able to save anyone and thinks that her dreams are a lot. Or her dreams are like commandment and cannot be changed. Though to be fair, she did legitimately tell her father to not drive the bus because she she was very afraid that he would explode because she dreamed about it. And he was like, oh, you and your dreams. That's fair. But like... Lee Jong Sik, aka Jay Chan, was like, "No, you actually can change your dreams. You just gotta work a little harder." And you maybe can't now she just does. let him know you have to change a thing. You have to actually legitimately change the thing. Yeah. So now, now she's trying that, and uh, I don't know. 
everything's different now. There are no rules. Rules are out the window. This is going to be ep- episodes five, six, seven, and eight are uh, going to be the rules out the windows show. <laughs> Nothing is real, but also nothing is a dream, and you don't know what's real, and also there aren't any rules. So join us next week. And good luck. And good luck. <laughs> um, if you have any comments, you can leave them in a variety of places, starting with our website, plank.com. Yeah, we've got comments open on every episode. I suggest you go back and listen to episodes where you have seen the K-drama, and then comment on what we said, on what you thought about the episodes, uh, on what you think about this episode. If you just scroll down a little bit, there's a little comment section. Put that there. Put that there. We're on iTunes. You can find us under Play on K. You can even subscribe, which would be awesome. Which would be awesome. Um, We're on Twitter, at Play on K. Uh, tweet at us. That's, I think, eventually, I would, sincerely, it would make my whole world to start holding polls at the end of every K-drama where we do vote on Bus Stop Girl Awards and Happy Awards, and and we give out awards. I think that would be a blasty. So check our Twitter out and follow us for those future polls that we do. Hopefully we can do one at the end of this K-drama. It would be helpful if me and Emily were not our only followers. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing so good. We're doing so good. And you can email us at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. And there you can send us anything. Comments, spoilers, whatever you want. Like, definitely we prefer you don't necessarily spoil things, but, like, if you want to spoil a thing... Definitely send it through our email. We will receive it, and we will actually probably respond, because... And not even in a negative way. Like, don't be afraid. If you want to talk about what happens in the future, because we, like, walked all over it, i.e. every time I tried to make a prediction in Goblin. <laughs> um, shout, shout it out. Send it to us. But uh, don't leave a comment on, like, iTunes or the website to spoil it for everybody because that's no fun. Just send it directly to us and we'll send it a response directly to you. Yeah, where we're like, oh, you're right, you're right. You're right. Congrats. You watched the thing. Um, yeah, so get a hold of us, get in touch, and we will talk to you next week. <gasps> Our theme song was written by the talented <gasps> oh, no. James Hevel. James Hevel! <laughs> He's so talented. He, uh, he wrote and performed that, and it is such a good song. It's so good. Look him up, and we will see you all next week. See you next week. Bye. Pop.